providing timely, relevant content to providers who care for children. Welcome to Pediatrics in Practice, presented by Children's Mercy Kansas City. Here's Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic today is bacterial infection and fever in neonates and young infants. My guest is Dr. Russell McCullough. Dr. McCullough is the Associate Director of the Infectious Disease Fellowship Program at Children's Mercy Kansas City, and he's a professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. McCullough, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, you know, it, it, infants with fever, right? Let's, what, 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 how common is this? What's some of just the epidemiology around this presentation? Well, fever in young infants is one of the most common reasons that they are brought to be seen in the emergency department or the outpatient setting. Uh, and a lot of that's because there's a, a concern for a serious bacterial infection, something like bacteria infection in the urine or the bloodstream or even the spinal fluid that uh, can uh, be indicated just by the presence of fever uh, and no other initial signs or symptoms. It's important to note, though, that it is most commonly when you are working with a, uh, an infant with fever that you're dealing with a, uh, a viral infection or a simple uncomplicated infection. Uh, but it really takes uh, having a discussion with a healthcare provider uh, and a good thoughtful mm-hmm. exam to, to really uh, help suss that out for parents. Well, I think you kind of already bring up one of the challenges, right? Bacterial versus virus. Uh, so, so let's. What are some of those other challenges that you know mm-hmm. clinicians and healthcare providers um, have to face when they're presented with um, fever in an infant? Well, uh, the biggest issue is how, what is uh, the appropriate evaluation uh, based on uh, an infant's age and uh, and uh, how they. Uh, they've been doing according to the parents, and uh, how they look on exam. And uh, like I said, the most common thing that we encounter is uh, viral infections, um, but there are uh, uh, certain bacteria uh, that are uh, commonly associated with infections in young infants. And uh, in the office setting, uh, which is the most common place where uh, these infants are are first brought, uh, uh, for infants in the first month of life in particular, uh, the uh, the rule of thumb is often that you have to err on the side of doing a bit more testing uh, than may uh, ideally uh, be desired by the parents to make sure that there's not uh, an infection uh, that that if left untreated could result in some really serious illness. So you mentioned you know doing a little bit more testing. Let's talk a little bit about that. What so what exactly are the current guidelines? for working up an infant with fever? And is there anything else that at Children's Mercy that you guys like to do? Right, absolutely. Well, the first thing I'd say is that we've had guidelines uh, available for pediatricians um, for basically the last 30 years for helping evaluate these young infants. Um, And they have not changed a whole lot during that time, though our vaccines and the diagnostic tests that we're able to do have really moved forward. And so uh, a lot of the work that we do here at Children's Mercy uh, and that I do in particular, is focused on trying to get some of this new testing and this new understanding of uh, what causes these infections nowadays uh, in- integrated into uh, the care that these kids receive. Uh, but in terms of the testing uh, that we talk about most commonly, uh, you're testing three different uh, sources on uh, infants. One is urine to see if there's a urinary tract infection. One is the blood to see if there's uh, bacteria in the blood. And the third is spinal fluid uh, to see if there's evidence of meningitis. Um, and for infants under a month of age, that most commonly is the 
those are the three routes of infection that are tested for um, and that are recommended to be tested for. Um, in the second month of life, uh, we can use some rules to help identify uh, kids who can safely avoid uh, getting uh, particularly that, that spinal tap or that spinal fluid analysis uh, at the beginning and could maybe be observed uh, first. So let's talk. So once we, we know, so we're beginning that workup. Um, in, in speaking to the, the community physician, the nurse practitioners out in the community, I, at what point do you recommend that if, if this is in an outpatient setting that the child be brought into an emergency room? I would say uh, what I most commonly recommend uh, uh, outpatient providers when I, when I get the call is if you're in the first month of life, it is safe to report to uh, do your initial testing uh, there at, in, in, in your clinic, you know, urine testing, uh, if, uh, what have you. Um, but for most of those kids, uh, I would recommend that they uh, get an evaluation, uh, in the, uh, at least in the urgent care um, or perhaps uh, the emergency department. If it's a true fever, uh, which is you know, measured rectally and uh, is above uh, 38 uh, degrees uh, Celsius or basically 101.4 uh, degrees Fahrenheit, so a significant fever. Um, if it's, uh, sometimes it's a, it's a well-appearing infant who, you know, maybe, maybe was bundled tightly and may have seemed warm, you know, if they unbundle and observe in the uh, clinic um, and they're well-appearing and a repeat temperature is completely fine, then close observation um, and maybe follow-up the next day is reasonable. Um, but the hallmark of what I tell uh, outpatient providers is that it's a combination of your clinical judgment with the parent's comfort and with really good follow-up um, in that first month of life. Um, and in the second month of life, uh, like I said, we have more leeway. And so a well-appearing infant there, you know, we could do our initial testing, maybe all of it in the outpatient setting without having to go to an urgent care or an emergency department. Um, and uh, for those low-risk infants, just plan for very close follow-up and good instructions um, for observation for the parents if they're comfortable with it. Yeah, and so, Dr. McCullough, you know, just to kind of conclude our conversation here, what what would you like people, specifically, you know, the community physicians, the nurse practitioners, to really know and understand about fever in an infant? Okay. I think uh, there's three things that I, I think uh, should be uh, uh, understood. One is that... Um, you know, ensuring that we we teach our parents uh, the, the the optimal way to take the temperature, um, which uh, is still recommended uh, either uh, rectally without any temperature correction um, or um, uh, with excellent technique, sometimes uh, under the armpit um, uh, can be acceptable. Um, the uh, and that a fever in that first month of life is greater than 101.4 or, or 38 degrees Celsius. Um, and uh, that uh, the uh, what I would recommend in the second uh, in the first and second months of life is you know if they're calling in with a fever bring them in have them seen lay eyes on them um, the most important piece is that history and uh, and that clinician's exam because outpatient providers uh, know their kids better than anybody. Right. That's very good uh, advice, Dr. McCullough. And I want to thank you uh, for the work that you are doing at Children's Mercy. And thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Pediatrics in Practice with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.